God-fearing, pistol-packing patriot, free thinker and spiritualist, who has always taken the road less traveled, CEO of Definitely Holly. Nothing behind me. Everything ahead of me. As is ever, so on the road. It's definitely. 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 Holly. This is the Definitely Holly show. Not maybe, but definitely on News Talk STL 101.9 and 94.1. We have a great show lined up today, and our guest is going to stick around for the whole show. So it's going to be very exciting, lots of information, and a lot to cover today. If you missed any of my shows, you can find The Definitely Holly Show anywhere you get your podcasts. Also, my podcasts are now up on my show page, Definitely Holly, on the News Talk STL website. So be sure to look up Definitely Holly. Go to NewstalkSTL.com. Now, before I introduce my guest today, I want to read something <laughs> that I saw on social media. I believe it was uh, it was either Facebook or Instagram, and it was hilarious. So it's talking about the unvaccinated. So I saw this certificate that literally read, um, I think some businesses is actually selling these um, certificates, and I think they have t-shirts as well. And I'm like, wow, what, what a great business idea. Like, I, I should have thought of this. But it's a certificate that reads, this certificate is awarded to the unvaccinated for surviving the greatest psychological fear campaign in human history. Now, that is great. And I know you have a shirt, Leah, too, that's like an unvaccinated shirt. So, yeah, that's just great. I I love that. I just want to share that um, before my show today. So I'm going to go ahead and get things rolling. Now, my guest today is someone who is tremendously helping out and making a difference. She is doing something about this huge problem of human trafficking, and she is a survivor herself. Now, Meredith Foster is the founder and executive director of Tiger Lily Resources. Also, she has an online video series called Traffic Stop, which shares the real news of the multi-billion dollar crime industry of human sex trafficking in the United States. Welcome, Meredith. Hello. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So with human trafficking, before we get started, you know, people just don't want to talk about it. And some people literally just don't even believe that this is a real thing and how how big of an issue it really is. It's literally the largest business in the world. It is. And yes, conversation is scarce. You bring it up and people just kind of glaze over or they just shun it off like, well, that just doesn't happen, especially not where I live. It's it's crazy. So go ahead and tell people a little bit about uh, Tiger, Lily, Tiger Lily Resources and what you do. Yep. Um, like you said, I'm a survivor. Uh, when I started Tiger Lily Resources, um, I di- did not start it with the trafficking outreach. Um, I found myself back in 2011 as a suddenly single mom. So when I started the, the outreach, it was for suddenly single mothers as well. Um, plans absolutely took a huge shift unexpectedly in uh, 2017 and that's when I started doing the trafficking outreach. Um, I like many other uh, survivors did not even connect myself to trafficking. Um, it was just something that happened. It was something I did, something I got through and nobody knew about it and it was kind of my secret, my story. And uh, it wasn't until probably 2016 that I was with a friend and we were watching a documentary, which I highly recommend for your listeners to check out if you're interested in learning more about human trafficking. Uh, it's called Nefarious Merchant of Souls, and it was put on by Exodus Cry, and they are another ministry that's out of Kansas City, Missouri. Amazing organization. They raise a lot of awareness globally uh, for what human trafficking looks like, but I was watching that documentary, and they touched on probably seven different countries Uh, to show what it looked like. And when it landed in America, they told the story in Vegas, and it was a girl named Annie, and I was watching her story, and that's when it hit me that, oh, my God, that was my life. Like, how did I get there? How did that happen to me? And it wrecked me. So I went into, like, research mode. I just started looking into, um, you know, strippers that got saved, Uh, prostitutes that got saved. Mm -hmm. And I was digging and digging and digging and for probably about two straight days. 
And I came across Annie's uh, testimony and it just wrecked me again. So that was when uh, the connection was made and I said yes to me being saved out of it and getting ready to start the, the outreach for trafficking. So, um, yeah, we started locally, um, started with local jurisdictions, partnering with them and um, just getting referrals if they ever came across somebody that needed the help. And um, I unexpectedly got our first phone call and uh, the relationship wasn't completely solidified yet. But I thought I was getting a phone call to schedule a meeting and uh, the phone call was, hey, Meredith, are you busy? And I was like, no, I'm just getting out of my car. What's going on? And they were like, well, hey, can you come in? We have a girl. And I was not prepared it, mentally for that, you know. So immediately I go into hyperdrive, like, oh, my gosh, I don't have my stuff. I'm not ready. And I just heard so sweetly in my spirit, really, like, will you go and get my baby? And I was like, wow, yeah, yep, I'm going. So I went and I'm playing a scenario in my head of who I thought I was going to be in contact with. I was picturing a 20-something-year-old um, very strung out on drugs, very tired, very angry at the police station. So I thought, you know, that was the scenario I was walking into. But I walked into a 16-year-old girl who was just the most precious thing. And she was uh, trafficking herself. Basically, they called her a renegade. And uh, she was trafficking herself out of hotel rooms. And that was the start of our outreach. And it has taken many different facets. Um, we've done outreach on the streets, reaching the girls that are being prostituted out there uh, in North City. We have a safe home that's out in the country. So whenever the girls do leave the life, they can come and rest and get refreshed and get ready for their healing journey. And uh, then just a few months ago, we did start the uh, podcast, Traffic Stop, Real New Sex Trafficking. Because um, I realized in the growth of our outreach and trying to partner and collaborate with other ministries and organizations around the country, um, there was a huge disconnect in resources and sharing of information. And there was a huge disconnect in what the general population understood as human trafficking, especially human trafficking in America. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So what, for those of you that don't know your story, what is, what is your story in a brief recap? Um, I My scenario was probably really different than most people would picture it as. And that's why I say the face of trafficking has so many different faces. Um, I was much older. I was no stranger to the commercial sex industry. Um, I was a dancer when I was 21. Um, I got married when I was 24, had a child when I was 20, 24, 26. Um, and then we ended up getting divorced. And that wrecked my world. And I never thought that I would be divorced. I was, you know, till death do you part. And it put me on the craziest downward spiral of, you know, losing my self-worth and my value and, and knowing who I was. So I was like one financial uh-oh away from being homeless with my then six-year-old son. So knowing that I wasn't a stranger to the industry, I knew what sold. So I walked myself back into, I was too old to hit the stage. Again, I was a grandma by standards that way. Uh, but I walked myself into it thinking I was in control. And I was in it for several months and it just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper until I was trafficked out of hotel rooms in Florida. Yeah, I had a, 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 I guess he would be my pimp, but I never saw him. It was a very intricate uh, organization, really. We had the, the head guy, never saw him. We had an appointment setter. I was sold on Backpage.com when that was still running. Um, and for those oh. who don't know what that is, it's an online classified, kind of like Craigslist, um, wow. you, you could buy like couches and cars and whatever, but you could also go and buy a person that you oh can hook gosh. up with. And, I did not know that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So I was sold online and uh, so we had an appointment setter. I never, I wasn't the one who spoke to the client. And then I had a watcher who would sit out in the parking lot and watch and let me know when somebody was going to be coming. And uh, yeah, it was, that was several months, but that was my last scariest. Whew, that was, that was a lot. And tell people, too, how what made you uh, leave this lifestyle and get into what you're doing now? Well, I, I'm honestly like the fear of it. It was mm -hmm. terrifying. I never knew. You know, I would sit in that hotel room and um, I was so scared, like the sound of a light 
was too much noise for me at that time. It was really traumatic, right? So I would sit in a very dark hotel room. I would have the bathroom light on just enough to break darkness, and I would just crack the door, you know, but I didn't have any music on. The TV wasn't on. Um, I sat in a chair the entire time until a client came in, and that's when, you know, the bed would be touched. Otherwise, I would sit in a chair, and I basically, like, sat on my hands, and I prayed. And it was just like, Mm -hmm. God, oh, my God, I know I'm not supposed to do this. I would do it during the day. I could come and go. So I wasn't, like, confined physically, but definitely confined mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. They knew where I lived. They knew I was a single mom. They would dangle things, you know, over me. So I knew I had to be back, you know. But it was terrifying, and it was exhausting how terrifying it was. So I would pray. I'd be like, God, I know you don't want me to do this. I know I'm not supposed to, but, you know, I don't have anything else. So will you please just keep me safe? Will you please just let me get home? You know, don't let me get arrested. Don't let me get killed. You know, but I never, I didn't, you know, ask for anything different or better because at that time I didn't think that's all, that's, I kind of thought that's all I had. It definitely sounds like a God thing that God was obviously looking out for you and watching over you, but you know, that you had that connection, you had that deep faith. And so while you Mm -hmm. were praying, it sounds like that had a lot to do with it too, why you got out as well, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And, And there was an open door. Like I had a little bit of time between when I left to where to when I had to pick my son up from school. I don't remember what he had going on, but I had a little bit of time. And I knew that there was a restaurant that was hiring. So I had stopped by for a bartending position. And uh, it was daytime. And, you know, when you live in Florida, hospitality is it, really, you know. Um, and to get a daytime bartending job was next to impossible. Somebody had to die to get that. And it was open. And so I went in to apply for it, and I got it on the spot which that doesn't happen either. So I knew, like, I just felt in my everything that that was my out. You know, and it wasn't a lot. It was just part-time, but it was enough to, you know, kind of start getting my head above water financially anyway. And it just got to a point where the fear was so much. I was over it. I was tired. I got Mm -hmm. this boldness. I was was like, you know what? They're not going to do anything. No, they're not. I'm done with this. And I just didn't go back. And I was far enough away. I lived probably about 45 minutes away from where I would report to. And uh, I don't know. I just knew. I'm like, they're not going to come after me. They're going to go find somebody else. And I'm sure that they did. What are some um, symbols or uh, telltale signs that people can be, you know, looking out for when it comes to human trafficking? It's really broad. So you have to be able to assess an entire situation. So um, some key things, though, are if somebody is dressed, you know, inappropriately for a season, if it's freezing cold outside and they're wearing tiny shorts and a sweatshirt and sliders, that's not normal, you know. Um, if they look extremely tired, if they are, you know, visibly malnourished, um, signs of abuse, whether br- bruises or cuts or split lips or um, you can look for like signs of drug use. You know, a lot of times you can see skin lesions and stuff from excessive drug use. You can't you can't do that lifestyle and not have an altered state of mind. You, your body just can't handle it. Um, so, you know, when you start assessing the checklist, I guess, of signs and going with your gut, then you can start. You know, a lot of times people will, will chalk these people off as, oh, they're just addicts or they're, they're just homeless. Well, they could be, but there's so much to the story that could be all of that. So really just going with your gut and, and connecting dots. Yes. It's kind of like the recent uh, Balenciaga uh, scandal with all those um, different, like the photo shoots or the campaigns. And a lot of people didn't pick up on like just certain things, um, bizarre certain things. Like uh, there is the, like this caution tape in one of the shoots and it was, you know, yellow caution tape, but it said it's spelled Balenciaga, but it's spelled it differently. It's spelled it B-A-A-L. Mm-hmm. And some people would not pick up on that, but mm-hmm. I was doing some research, and that's actually a demon name. That's yeah. one of the demons. Yeah. There's like five different demons, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And so that they're literally portraying that, again, symbolism in, mm-hmm. in, those, in those type of uh, campaigns and photo shoots. Mm-hmm. And then you, you go even further, and um, there's other symbolism, like there was like this um, this this plush uh what was it like a it was a heart and it was pink but it was um like a chair or something or a pillow Mm -hmm. something like that one of the shoots but that's the heart the pink heart is another uh pedophile symbolism to show other pedophiles you know who they are and you know this is you know in that industry Mm -hmm. so just little things like that and then you know the champagne glasses and whatnot it just there's Mm -hmm. a whole list of different things but 
definitely just, I guess, you know, pay attention and be aware. Yeah. Well, yeah. And those are the visit, like what I mentioned were the visible signs, but um, for parents out there, you know, they're, they're targeting our kids younger and younger and younger, and they're desensitizing them to what, um, you know, what is appropriate and what is not. So the whole pedophilia thing, they're trying to normalize it. Yes. Um, they're putting things in cartoons that are, they're demonic, you know, and they're just, they're targeting our children younger. So in a lot of the kids, they're on social media and even, you know, seven, eight year olds, they might not be on the platforms like, you know, Twitter and, right. or, you know, Snapchat and all that, but they do have their own things that they're on and predators can prowl through those things. Um, and then even on like social media platforms, I parents, you know, innocently posting pictures of their family, of their of their daughters, of their sons, right. you know, whether it's at a sports event or a dance event or something. And it's innocent. They're just sharing their family. But the predators, they snoop around online for things like that. And they go in kind of like through a back door. Um, mm-hmm. And they'll catch things like say, say there's a preteen 12-year-old girl who is on Snapchat or whatever. And she's venting about something that happened at home. And oh, I can't stand my mom. I'm so mad at her right now. Well, those predators will come in. They'll either act as something else. They'll prey so, on yeah, that. They'll either act as like, you know, somebody else their age or just somebody else that's giving them some positive attention. And they, they take their time to create a relationship and build trust. And, and yes. it becomes a lure that way. Well, we're going to take a short break, but stick around because we are going to continue this conversation on human trafficking. We're going to talk a little bit about January and February and what they mean and uh, just talk more about human trafficking in general and also mind control. So be sure to stick around. This is the Definitely Holly Show on News Talk STL 101.9 and 94.1. This is the Definitely Holly Show on News Talk STL. I've been down the Mississippi, down through New Orleans. Yes, this is I the Definitely Holly Show on News Talk STL 1019 and 94.1. I have Meredith Foster in the studio today as an in-studio guest, and we have been talking about the huge uh, topic of, of human trafficking, and it, it is actually the largest business in America. You know, not many people know about it. Not many people realize that, but it is. It's the biggest business in not only America, but in the world. So we've been talking about this subject and Meredith and also uh, her story as well. And also her organization called Tiger Lily Resources. So go ahead and just give a brief recap uh, for those just tuning in again about, you know, what you do with Tiger Lily Resources. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tiger Lily Resources is a ministry that does outreach for survivors of human trafficking, and we raise awareness of human trafficking specifically in America. And uh, that's kind of our forefront right now is getting more people aware. Uh, The more people who know, the more people can step in and help end it. So go ahead and tell us what what is so significant with what does January mean with human trafficking? And then go ahead and talk about February and the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, Well, thanks to President Trump, when he got into office pretty immediately, he signed into effect officially that January was Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Um, All year is awareness for us, but at least we have a month that is specifically designed to it. And I'm happy that it's in the beginning of the year because that sets us up for the rest of the year of awareness. Right. Um, so we have some things going on around town locally that we're doing to raise awareness, uh, for that. And it is the push against trafficking, um, awareness event. It happens at local gyms. We are connecting with them right now, kind of smaller gyms, well, any size really, but, um, looking towards the smaller gyms to help kind of promote them a little bit more. Um, but we go in to their gyms and we have an ambassador from Tiger Lily that goes in and, um, they'll do a live remote from the gym promoting them and promoting the uh, push against trafficking challenge and Mm -hmm. their gym members will uh, pledge a dollar per push-up and they will just do push-ups until they fatigue and you know it might not sound like a lot because some people can only do like 10 15 20 so that might not sound like a lot but when you get a group of people together doing that one they motivate each other but then you get that you know collaboration together so it's an awesome fundraiser for us uh, great awareness and it really helps people feel like they're you know taking some kind of action even that, even just getting the word out, that is such a huge action sure. that people can take. Because people are always like, well, what can I do? You know, just spread the word. Help us get connected. Help us go do the dirty work. You know, Right. 
And then uh, leading into that, so all of January, we're going to be promoting the fact that February is Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So on February 12th, uh, Super Bowl is going to be in Arizona this year. And the Super Bowl is the single, the largest single event in the world for human trafficking. And I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we just, we've got a flyer that we're getting ready to start pushing out right now that um, in America, on average, there's about 199,000 plus uh, children and adults who are victim to human trafficking every year. And that is enough to fill the uh, the State Farm Arena in Arizona three wow. times over. So, yeah, to put that in kind of perspective. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I even read globally uh, human traffickers pocket $150 billion per year in profits. Yeah. Well, kind of do this math, okay? So um, when we first started, one of our girls was trafficked for about eight months. Um, she was one of about 20. And uh, we did the math on, you know, average of what one person brings in for a trafficker. Okay, so drugs, you you sell them once and they're gone. People you can use over and over again, Mm -hmm. usually about a seven-year lifespan on them before they're totally worn out or spent or sadly they die. Um, But, you know, on average, we um, guesstimated that she had serviced in the eight months time frame that she was there. She never had a day off, quote unquote, um, and she serviced roughly about 1,920 clients in eight months. Wow. Yeah. And she could make her trafficker, one single person made her trafficker almost $400,000. One girl. Oh, so very my gosh. lucrative. Wow. Uh, yeah. That is crazy. So going on this subject, what ha- what do you feel about this? So we have, I just saw a video recently um, just out there on uh, online. So a Democrat representative, Katie Porter, again, she's a Democrat, she says that pedophilia isn't a crime. She says that it's an identity. So she actually argues that the word groomer and pedophile allege someone is a criminal because of sexual orientation. Right. What the in an, an identity? Are you yeah. kidding me? How just, how sick is this? Yeah, I actually just saw that uh, this morning on something I was watching, and that's what I'm saying. They're trying to normalize it. They're trying to. Um, I saw a, a promotion for a school, or it was yes. a, a flyer that was like, you know, it used to be the days of stranger danger, right? Don't talk to them. Now it's like, well, they just want to be your friend. What? What adult wants to be a friend with a child? Or what? What's the word for it? A minor attracted? Yeah, minor attracted person. A person map. of yes. A map. Yeah. This is this is ridiculous. But again, this is how they're infiltrating this mm-hmm. into our society. So I'm going to go ahead and play a clip um, of Katie actually talking here. There is the allegation of groomer and pedophile. It is alleging that a person is criminal somehow and engaged in criminal acts merely because of of their identity, um, their sexual orientation, their gender identity. Um, So this is clearly prohibited under Twitter's content. Yet. So there you have it right there. But again, they're they're It's all done with with a purpose. Mm -hmm. It's all done with a purpose and this, um, you know, this transgenderism and um, the indoctrination in the school system. It's done with a purpose to confuse, to sexually confuse children and get this into their minds that, you know, a minor attracted individual is is normal and that's okay. Right. And this does, wouldn't you agree that this leads, this is a, a doorway that's leading to, into human trafficking? Absolutely. I used, you know, I used to... When we would do talks, we would say how um, hypersexualized society is now, which that's even changing in this scope of things because it's it is still hypersexualized, but in a very twisted way. It used to be hypersexualized of girls, you know, showing all their goods and shake, you know, in that way, in in the hookup culture and all of that. But now the hypersexualization is in that it's going into the gender bending and the fluidity and making everything so confusing for our little ones. And it's making them completely vulnerable. And that is absolutely on purpose. They are so desperately trying to demolish the sanctity of, of the family. Yes. And they're going after the children. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And pedophilia is a disorder and it is a crime. And these people that are involved directly or indirectly, they are ruining children's lives. So we need to, you know, keep exposing these sick individuals and tell it like it is because... Mm-hmm. 
there's no there's no word that that describes them other than this is a crime pedophilia this is a crime it's you're a criminal evil crime evil, yes an evil, evil crime. Yeah. yes absolutely yeah. definitely evil and i have not seen you know another president outside of president trump that has um backed you know just standing up for exposing mm-hmm. human trafficking as much as he has within his administration. Yeah, and he's not backing down, really. He's I not. just saw the um, announcement that he made, you know, leading up for when I am president again. I love yes, he dropped when. that twice. I'm like, okay, go. I picked up on yeah. that too. <laughs> but um, he was he brought up again about child trafficking and crimes against children. He's not backing down from it because he knows what's going on. Oh yes. And just think about just I want you to think about too, um, everyone that's listening. Um, you know, just going through, going back, you know, when President Trump was growing up and he was just a young entrepreneur, he knew a lot of influential people. So again, he w- he made sure to, you know, make friends with these people mm-hmm. and these people trusted him for whatever reason. So think of everything that he's heard from young Trump all the way up until where he is now. Think of Everything that these people have spilled, their dirty, dark little secrets, and now they're thinking, oh, shoot, like he's, you know, he's president, like, mm-hmm. oops, like, right. yeah. <laughs> that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's, and I love the fact that he is um, just unashamedly bringing that up, but yes. at the same time, because there's so much more awareness of it, um, and I know you're going to get to the Kathy O'Brien story, which oh, I'm yes. not wait for you to get to that, but um, there is truth in now people know, you know, so now that you know, you can't unknow and mm-hmm. you can't say that you never knew. Right. So now you have to do something. Now things have to keep coming into the light. And, you know, we've been talking about human trafficking, fighting against human trafficking for a better part of 20 plus years. You know, and now is when I feel like the momentum, like the locomotive is picking up speed. Yes. And in just awareness across the board, across whether it's in, you know, politically, whether it's with COVID, whether it's with trafficking, there's just so many elements of people waking up that things are going to have to be coming to a fruition of, you know, of a resolution. And I, and I you know, when I started doing the trafficking outreach, um, you know, I'm a very faith filled person. I pray mm-hmm. constantly. I, I consult with my father all the time mm-hmm. about everything I do. And in 2018, I heard so so solidly in my spirit that he's like, I am going to end human trafficking. Yes. And I believe it. You know, we don't do this fight for no reason. It's going to end. Yes. And it takes, you know, we are part of this fight too. And it takes people like you and I that have a platform and have a voice to continue to speak up and bring this topic up because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people, you know, show hosts and whatnot that, that won't, they won't tackle it. They won't talk about it and you won't hear about it unless you personally do your own individual resource Mm -hmm. or um, research. And there's so much that I learned just from doing, you know, going down the rabbit hole, quote, quote, but mm-hmm. doing that that actual research and finding out the true facts. Yeah. Well, like how we were talking before about connecting the dots of the visible signs of what trafficking yes. looks like. When you start doing that research and you start going down those rabbit holes, that's another version of connecting those dots and seeing yes. the bigger picture and following your gut. Like the, the facts don't lie. Absolutely. And this runs this runs so deep. And it runs for so many years. You know, people talk about prostitution is the oldest profession, right? Well, it is, right? You know, since the beginning, almost the beginning of time, but, you know, for years and years and years and years and years, oldest profession. But I always tie these two um, together. One really has nothing to do with the other, okay? But human trafficking and prostitution, those two things, okay? So prostitution, people have tolerated that for years because, quote, unquote, it's the oldest profession. We'll liken that to drunk driving, okay? Drunk driving was allowed. It was not a problem until they started realizing that it was dangerous and it killed people. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, wait a minute, this isn't a good idea anymore. This needs to be illegal. Did it stop it all the way? No, but it it gave repercussion. It brought yes. awareness, you know, consequences. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. right. And that's the same thing with trafficking and prostitution. When I hear political figures wanting to make prostitution and sex work legal, I'm like, you, what? What are you doing? You have no idea the doors that that's going to open for danger for the people that are being trafficked. So until people start realizing that it is dangerous and it kills people, it's not. You know, that's when it's going to stop. So that's where the awareness comes in. Right. And just going back on um, back to President Trump. So I just want to read a few things uh, good that he has done, you know, within his administration. But um, going back to April 2018, Trump actually signed historic legislation into law to combat online sex trafficking, 
holding perpetrators accountable and ensuring justice for survivors. And then he also signed an, an executive order which directed his administration to crack down on uh, transnational criminal organizations that use human trafficking. Then take it a little bit further to January 2020, President Trump recognized the 20th anniversary of Trafficking Victims of Protection Act and signed an executive order on combating human trafficking and online uh, child exploitation in the United States. And through this order, I think it's very important to mention, too, that President Trump also created the first ever White House position focused solely on combating human trafficking. So he actually signed nine pieces of bipartisan legislation to combat human trafficking, both domestically and internationally. Yeah, absolutely amazing. This man is just on it and he's not going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when I was doing research, uh, getting ready for traffic stop, I um I had called into the National Human Trafficking Hotline. That's our go-to. There's uh, Polaris Project and the National Human Trafficking Hotline. So Polaris Project is like the parent company, the umbrella, um, the the mechanism, right? So they do the research, benchmarks, data, reports, things like that. That's who we go to to find our stats. Which I hate using stats. They're they're always so far off. They're like a fraction of the amount of what mm-hmm. it really is. But that's our our main go-to source. All right. And then the human trafficking hotline, um, that would be a number that if, you know, people say, if you see something, that was, that's the number you would call into to report it. Okay. So I started doing research. I wanted to call into um, Polaris Project. They are the researchers, the reporters. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know how many beds there were in the United States specifically that were solely to serve survivors of human trafficking, not blended beds. So not domestic mm-hmm. violence and trafficking, not um, drug use and trafficking, just trafficking. Just, yeah. Okay. So I was on their website and I found a report that they had on there from um, 2013. Okay. What year are we going into? Wow. So 2023. And this is okay. back. Yeah. So 10 years old, this report was. Okay. They're supposed to be our go to researchers. So this report is 10 years old. Wow. And on that, it said that at the time, there was like 637 beds in the country, and there was 27 states that didn't have any services at all. Well, we know that that landscape has completely changed over 10 years. So I dug a little further and just started you know, looking into how are they funded, where are they at, all of this. And um, come to find out that the Players Project is funded with a $20 million budget. Okay, The human trafficking hotline within the Players Project's gets to operate on $8 million of that. Uh, the human trafficking hotline, I don't know if anybody on here has ever had to call it. Uh, I'm actually not going to share the phone number right now because of my experiences with it. I have called in twice with survivors, and I've called in five other times wanting information. So you can call into that number. If you press one, you're somebody who needs help. Okay, You press any other number, it's information. When I called in with a survivor, pressed one, we sat on hold, not on hold. We sat for waiting for somebody to pick up the phone for 10 minutes. Wow. If you're a survivor and you need help, you need somebody to pick up the phone within seconds. Okay. I called in other times needing information and I waited one time. I have this on video. I I post all of this stuff online so people can look into it. Um, I sat with my phone on speaker and recording it for an hour and a half and nobody picked up the phone. So I had to hang up. I was that's I was terrible. Yeah. So that's our go to. Right. So that infuriated me. So I wanted to find out where the money came from. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick around. We have Meredith Foster in studio. When we come back, we are going to talk more on uh, pedophilia and we're going to talk more on um, victims speaking out in general on human trafficking. I have a another source with some good information that I'm going to share. You do not want to miss it. This is the Definitely Holly Show on News Talk STL 101.9 and 94.1. You're listening to Definitely Holly on News Talk STL. Definitely Holly Show, not maybe, but definitely Holly Show on News Talk STL 1019 and 941. I have Meredith Meredith Foster in the station, and we've been talking on the huge topic of human trafficking. Lots of information to share. Um, 
you go back in the if you go back in this episode, you'll hear what what January means, um, a little bit about uh, February. So you got that as well. But we've been talking about uh, human trafficking in general and also pedophilia. So before we get further into this topic, uh, the the last section of my show, we've we touched on, you know, where does this money come, Meredith, with uh, what is it called again? The Polaris Project and the yes. Human Trafficking Hotline. Okay, so I noticed when I was on the Human Trafficking Hotline's website, um, which both of their websites are horrific to navigate, um, a labyrinth of information that people probably get extremely fed up looking through, trying to find what they need. But at the very bottom of their uh, homepage, there is a little blurb that says, a percentage of their funding comes from the federal government, and this amount comes from private donors. So, and that was only the human trafficking hotline, not Polaris as a whole, although I'm sure it's the same for both, but it was itemized for human trafficking hotline. So, I went to again, follow the money, do your research, go down the rabbit holes, figure out, connect the dots. Okay, mm-hmm. so I went to there is a, a website that houses majority of the nonprofits in the country, not all of them, but you know, if you want to be a serious organization and, and be eligible for funding, you, you're on there, right? So you can go on, and I went to Polaris Project Human Trafficking Hotline, and on there they have posted their um, tax returns, their tax filings for nonprofits. So nonprofits aren't like businesses; like we don't have to file itemize to who they are and, and pay the taxes. Okay, but we do so, have and to that's report on a schedule basically like the so blueprint I, of our ministries and our organizations. Where does our funding come so from? At that time, what when do I looked, spend it on? Was, um, who's our private donors? It was in 2022. Got, you know, a donor, who's, um, but over they did not have their 2020 report on GuideStar. That's the one I really wanted to see. It wasn't on there yet. Our 2021 wasn't on there. 2020, 2019, 18, 17. On Schedule B, they did not disclose who their private donors were. One mm. report said restricted, which means that you would have to contact them directly to get the information. The other reports, it was completely excluded. So they were hiding who their funding came from. So I dug a little further. <laughs> <laughs> and um, back in 2009, um, the Clinton Global Initiative. Imagine that. Imagine that. Partnered with um, Polaris Project, and they were launching the GlobalModernSlavery.org. Okay, so that was 2009. They partnered together. 2014, they started the Global Modern Slavery. Okay, I went on that website to check it out. Equally as horrible, equally as incomplete. Resources are not correct. So I'm, I'm looking at all of this money. So the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton Global <laughs> Initiative are directly connected with Polaris Project and all of that. So red flags enough for me right yes. there. Um, but to know that this this organization that I can probably bet that none of us in the sector that fights human trafficking, we probably did not question or vet out the Polaris Project because they're so big. You just trust them. You know, right. they're, they're the source. They're the experts on it. So let's go to them for the information. But knowing who they're partnered with, knowing how much money goes through, $20 million yes. goes through there, and they're not doing what they say that they're doing from my own personal experience. So that's what kind of really lit a fire under me for Traffic Stop, it, you know, raising awareness of the realities of that. Follow the money. Yeah. You know, I'm like, if we had a piece of a fraction of the $20 million that they had to operate on, do you know what we could do with that? Do you know how we could serve with that? Do you know the truth that we could get out with that? You know, and I always, I I know that, you know, clearly they're tied to and operating with the dark side. Okay. So if they are, then that means that they're operating as a mimic already. The enemy loves to mimic. Yes. Okay. So if he's mimicking, then that means that that plan is already in place on the good side, right? Mm-hmm. But it, the father's just waiting for the right people to step into place to take yes. take that role on. Well, that's us. Send us. Yes. We're ready to do that, you know. Um, so we're ready to shine the light of the truth of human trafficking in America. It's interesting, too, because, you know, you look at, at Trump and President Trump and everything that he's done to try to um, stop this, you know, biggest business in the world. And, you know, you can tell that he's, you know, generally he really wants to stop this. Mm-hmm. But then you look at other people and people would have no idea that uh, who is involved, whether directly or indirectly in the human trafficking industry. You know, even indirectly, you know, there, there's so many different past presidents that have been involved. People have no idea there's uh, obviously politicians, local uh, national politicians. But it's it's sickening, and and you would never know that. But all the way from you know George Bush Senior to 
you know, obviously Clinton's and, mm-hmm. you know, some have said, you know, Obama's and, mm-hmm. you know, now the, the uh, Biden administration, quote, quote, mm-hmm. people have no idea. But you have your national players, you have the politicians, Hollywood, the music industry, the Vatican, your elite Illuminati families, your bloodline families, and you have the local players. You have even child protection services mm-hmm. that's wrapped into this foster care that's wrapped into this. You have your pimps, you know, the strip clubs, um, things like that. It's it goes so deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people, honestly, when you when you start talking about the more elite um, cases of it, people on a whole, they just they can't comprehend that. So they're like, oh, it's too far fetched. Like, oh, you conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. you know, but when you start looking into these stories, you can find it. And it's real. Our whole our whole country, our whole world is ran on trafficking. Yes. And there have been so many individuals, you know, like herself that have been speaking out like Kathy O'Brien. She's just another example. So she even says that um, what's very interesting is she says that trauma is the basis of mind control. So talking a little bit into mind control, but she said that children and trauma through um, sexual exploitation, children get trauma through exploitation, uh, sexual exploitation, trafficking, and then, uh, of course, the abuse of the children But so Kathy O'Brien, for those of you that are not aware of her, I'm going to share um, two different video clips here in a little bit. But she is a truth teller and a whistleblower of the CIA um, with the MK Ultra program and also exposing the elite pedophile rings and sexual slavery and abuse and mind control. So going back to February 8th in 1988. A year before I was born, <laughs> a top-level MK Ultra victim, Kathy O'Brien, was rescued from her mind control enslavement by intelligence insider Mark Phillips. So their seven-year pursuit of justice was actually stopped for reasons of national security. And Kathy actually goes on to say that sexualization of children is the most powerful form of mind control. Yeah, Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and play a clip um, of Kathy actually just uh, sharing her story. And we'll get more into her story, too, in a bit here. But she is just, an again, an excellent individual with a lot of information. And, you know, she's, she is still healing from her experience of everything that she went went through. And, you know, she's very courageous for speaking out and, you know, sharing the details in her story. Yeah. And here's Kathy. Politicians approached my father and told him he could receive immunity from prosecution. He'd been caught sending that child pornography through the mail. He could receive immunity from prosecution if he would sell me into the CIA's MK Ultra Mind Control Project. My father thought it was a great idea. And look at this. This is, this is back in the early, early 60s. And we're already seeing how our courts are being manipulated to allow for the proliferation of pedophilia because again, sexual abuse of a child, the sexualization of children is the most powerful form of mind control. So the whole pedophile agenda we see going on in society that's being promoted in our schools, all this transgender sexualization, so-called gender confusion is all a mind control project. It's what it's all about is to create a more compliant society that will do as they're told for this slave society agenda that's being ushered in under guise of what Adolf Hitler, George Bush, and now Joe Biden term, the new world order or the great reset or whatever term they want to apply to it. So there you go. You heard it yourself. And but she what she does say also, she goes on and say and says that more people are waking up. You know, thankfully, um, with the Trump administration, President Trump has brought so much truth to light and people doing their own individual resources. Now, of course, you know, the evil and deep state, they don't want us to think that they don't want people to think that more people are waking up. But it's true. And again, we have people to think like President Trump and people like, you know, you and other, you know, survivors in general for for speaking up and sharing their story. So I'm going to go ahead and share this other clip. Um that Kathy, she's she's speaking out. She shares more crucial information. This is just you watched this um this documentary, right, yeah, Meredith? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and honestly, like this woman is completely covered by the hand of God because the fact that she's alive still is just mind blowing to me. Incredible. <laughs> yes. 
So um, let's go ahead and play this one. This has been going on my whole life. People woke up massively by 2016 enough to and override the rigged algorithms of the electronic voting machines by sheer numbers and put in a, a president that cared about America and our sovereignty instead of this new world order agenda. And it was um, at that time, I think a lot of people gained insight into the reality that there's a criminal faction within our government and it's very big now, it's gone on so long. Our justice system has been eroded and our um, information has been controlled through censorship, through controlled media for a long, long time. Our knowledge base has been altered. And above all, that drug and human trafficking across open borders has been funding this dark agenda for a long, long time. So if you want to hear more on that, she Kathy actually has a documentary. It's called Trance, Mind Control, Human Slavery, and Healing the Nation, the Kathy O'Brien story. It is on Rumble. Is that how you watched it? I watched Rumble? it on Rumble. Yeah, but I yes. watched the um, the trance formation of America. Yes. That was amazing. Yes. But this this documentary is just, it's amazing. So I, you know, I urge you to, mm -hmm. uh, to find this on Rumble. You have to look it up and watch it because, of course, I don't think it's on YouTube. No, no. <laughs> yeah, of course not. <laughs> no, <it would laughs> They'd not shut that down in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but tell people, so <clears throat> how can people keep up with you and follow, um, you know, keeping up to date with what's going on with Tiger Lily Resources? Oh, there's a few ways. Okay, main way, our website. Um, I will say it and then I'll spell it. So tigerlilyresources.org. It is T-I-G-E-R-L-I-L-I resources.org. If you don't know how to spell resources, look it up. <laughs> but, I'll, put, I'll put links, okay, links cool. to everything. Okay, cool. Um, so website for sure. Um, we are on every social media platform that we can be on. So primarily we were on YouTube a lot. Um, but I've started switching over to Rumble. Um Obviously, Facebook still um, shying away from that as well. But Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Rumble, uh, YouTube, Getter, Telegram, all the handles are Tiger Lily Resources USA. Um, we have noticed, though, and I just put an ask out, um, and I'm going to have to look this up because I don't have the number memorized yet, and I should. I was I just <laughs> going to ask you about that, so perfect. Good. Yeah, so we have noticed. Um, okay, so like I said, we've been doing this fight for, since 2017. But over the last several months, we have really lost traction with our exposure and we're losing connection a lot on social media. Our posts aren't getting seen. We're not getting good uh, comments. Videos are being suppressed. My emails are getting dumped into uh, spam boxes because we use, you know, one of the mass uh, email campaign things right and um there's filters clearly uh, especially on google accounts um and majority of our people majority of people in general use google you know still switch to yes. proton i use proton anyway um but our emails are being dumped into spam box so like literally i used to have hundreds of views on stories that would pro you know like oh you posted to your story right mm -hmm. and i would and those don't always get high views as much as, you know, regular posts, whatever. But I would get from, like, hundreds down to, like, yesterday I had nine views. I'm like, what is up with that? I'm so, seeing that, too, on my Definitely Holly page on Facebook. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. Yep. So we're really tr to being intentional of staying connected directly. So we just started a new platform. So if you text in to us, then that will directly connect you. So if you text the number 84576 eight four five seven six and put the word tiger lily t-i-g-e-r-l-i-l-i -L -L -I, no spaces and hit send then that will directly connect us so you'll get a link that you put your name your email and your phone number and then that's it so that way we can send you updates directly from us instead of you searching through social media where you might not find us there you time. go we're going to have meredith at least once a month come in and be on my show to get some updates about what's going on with uh, her organization and just in general and human trafficking. We, before, we, before we wrap things up here, give a quick little um, recap of the video that you and I did, Meredith, uh, months ago. Just the video that I posted on Definitely Holly. Remember that uh, face? We did a Facebook Live and oh. share what happened with that. <laughs> yeah. There's, okay, another example of our peer censorship. So we were on live. And Facebook Live. if you were on live watching it, you could see it. But the second we ended it and the second she went to publish it, it was gone. Totally Vanished. just disappeared, gone. So they were watching us 
So little old yes. us, <laughs> they were watching little old them. us. Yeah, <laughs> and and that second, that second after it disappeared, I got a notification on my definitely Holly Facebook page that said, "This is your, you know, your last warning. Your page mm-hmm. is going to be unpublished if you." post anything else with this content yeah oh, dangerous that, content yeah <laughs> that actually happened to me um june of 2021 no no warning i was not i've been in facebook jail numerous times but this time i was not put in jail and i was not given any warnings um i was on my personal facebook page at three o'clock in the afternoon i remember the day june 17th 2021 because that was my son's graduation from boot camp um we were on facebook i half hour later i went to get back on and they totally took my page away and they told me that if I would upload, if I would upload to them a government issued ID, whether it was a driver's license or a passport with my picture and my address on it, that they would consider giving me my page back. Well, I was not shut down for fraudulent activity or somebody acting as me. So I'm right. like, why do you need that? So I covered up, like I like I gave them my picture. I, I debated for a while because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not sending you my stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm going to check something out. So I, I gave them my picture, my name. And my state, but I blocked out my address. I blocked out my go. driver's license number and some other code. They wouldn't accept it. Wow. So they shut my page down. So I had to start all over again. Wow. Well, be sure, everyone, to follow Meredith and Tiger, Tiger Lily Resources. So be sure you're following that on the social media handles that she gave you earlier. Other than that, be sure that you're following the Definitely Holly Show podcast on all your podcast platforms. Look it up on NewstalkSTL.com. Go to my show page. It's on there as well. Also this weekend, live music at Johnny's Hideout in High Ridge. And while you're there listening to the live music, uh, Thursday through Sunday every single week, be sure to try some of Johnny's Wings because they are delicious. And there are also little fire pits out back that that are really fun to sit around and chat with your friends, get a drink out there uh, through the winter. So that's fun as well. And Wednesday, December 21st, Santa will be at Johnny's Hideout. Good old Chuck Purdy. I love him. But So be sure to check that out Wednesday, December 21st, Santa, 5 to 8 p.m. You are listening to The Definitely Holly Show on News Talk STL, 101.9 and 94.1. Hey, mama, rock me. Rock me, mama, like the wind and the rain. Rock me, mama, like a southbound train.